The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. This is the Main Street Preps podcast, covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Here are your hosts, Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Main Street Preps podcast. This is Russell Venosi, joined today again by Tyler Palmatier. And we've got one week of high school football in the books and another big week coming up. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm good, Russell. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff to talk about here today, Tyler. Uh, week one, I think we finally have some clarity now. We Last week we were trying to make picks and we really didn't know a whole lot about these teams, but I think... In a couple instances, we learned um, maybe what some of these teams are made of. I know I, I got to see Pearl Cone, Cane Ridge. That was a, a pretty good game. Pearl Cone, I think they're pr- pretty legitimate this year, as as usual, even without Barry on Brown, who was serving a one-game suspension against Cane Ridge. Uh, the Firebirds still rolled, and that was a great game. So we're going to talk about our, our week one takeaways here and – I mean, that's, I guess I kind of jumped into it. That, that's my takeaway is Pearl Cone's really good. They have a uh, Malachi Cromwell, could be the next Keyshawn Vaughn. Don't want to hype him up too much, but he looks really good, was making, uh, just had great breakaway speed, just like Vaughn, just like Vaughn does now with the Tempe Buccaneers, former Pearl Cone star, of course. And then they've got Jaden Robinson, Randall Hodge in that backfield. Um, they still have some special team stuff to, to figure out, but man, they looked really, really good. Uh, Tyler, what you what you see over at your game? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think my two big takeaways were I, I would buy all of the NBA Marcel Reed stock immediately if you're in the market for that sort of thing. Um, they are really good. Reed is as good as advertised. You know this. You know this is my first go round for a lot of these teams because I'm new to the area and I covered some football last year, but I obviously didn't see everybody, but did not see NBA and was very impressed just all around. I mean, Marcel Reed, he's your five-star quarterback. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're NBA and he's going places obviously with his career, but his numbers, not, not huge, but uh, at the end of the day, six of 11, five incompletions and not even close to a turnover uh, 94 yards passing five total touchdowns. And he's got help around him. I mean, the, the lines at NBA are, are dominant on both sides. Um, and Rhett Hills is a really good quarterback. You know, they have, I guess, from what I've under, from what I understand, kind of a one-two punch thing going on the last few years. That's kind of the way they go. They have a, I guess, what you might call a lead back, and then uh, that gets like two to one carries with somebody else. And Rhett uh, has kind of stepped into that that lead role, and he's they look really good. Uh, my other takeaway from that game would probably just be not to panic if uh, if you're a Ravenwood fan. I think they're they have a new coach. They have a and uh, in, in Will Hester. They have a, a quarterback in Chris Parson who's committed to Florida State. But those guys are both new. You know, there's it, those those types of relationships and that, that those systems take time to gel. And and Chris Parson's never been a full time starter. Let's not forget that he's just a junior. He's been in other schools where he has not been the guy. Um, so it's going to take him some time. And but he's still really good. He's got a great arm. I mean, he threw for over 300 yards. Uh, huge 54-yard touchdown pass on his very first attempt as Ravenwood's quarterback. So, I mean, it's the the tools are still there for Ravenwood. I wouldn't panic, but 
they ran into a team that was far more physical and uh, just absolutely uh, as good as as good as advertised. Yeah, it's probably too soon to abandon the Region Seven Six A bandwagon there. With even though Ravenwood, Brentwood, Independence, and Franklin all lost, they played some really good teams. And they're like you said, some of them have got new coaches. They're working through they're working through all that beginning of the season stuff. So it'll it'll be interesting when they play each other to see how all that goes. I guess you uh, could course, say Summit did okay out of that region. Yeah, that I was region. gonna bring that I mean, up. They, yeah. Speaking, speaking of buying stock, how about Dustin Wade? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't. If you didn't see it, find Dustin Wade's uh, what was it, ninety-eight yard run? Um, you know, statistically ninety-eight yards, but he ran it out of the end zone, so went the length of the field and finished with two hundred sixty-five yards rushing uh, on six carries. You know, a ninety-eight yard run will definitely up your uh, your rushing average to what, what was it? Forty-four point two yards per carry. <laughs> For Mr. Wade, so um, pretty good. The last thirty something yards of that run, I mean, there was just nobody in sight. So much that he could just basically jog in the end zone, point over to his assistant coach, and celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like a running back out there. He looks, he reminded me a little bit of Jalen Hurd, uh, the former Beach running back, went on to start Tennessee and is now with the 49ers as a wide receiver. He just, I don't know, he's running upright, tall, six three kid, and uh, nobody could catch him. So mm-hmm. quite a quite a debut for him as a senior. And so, yeah, that's some of our takeaways from week one. Of course, there was a lot that happened. That's just a little little recap there. The rest of the show, we are going to have, um, in just a few moments, Oakland coach Kevin Creasy on to talk about his win over Hendersonville last week and to preview their matchup against Madison Ridgeland Academy this Saturday that's going to be played on ESPN2 Saturday afternoon. That should be a lot of fun. We're also going to talk about the Waverly situation and all the flooding and kind of the fallout there with their football team. And we are going to wrap it up with giving some of our picks and previews for um, the big high school games this Friday. So, Tyler, unbelievable, really, what happened in Humphreys County over the weekend in, in the surrounding area. 17 inches of rain in a 24-hour period. That was a new state record. Um, unfortunately, 22 people were killed and dozens of others are, are still missing at the time of this recording. So our thoughts and prayers are with that community during this during this really terrible time for them. And, of course, this is a, a high school sports podcast, so we, we've got to tie that in here. Um, and Waverly's football field sustained quite a bit of damage. I think everybody was okay, though. There was nobody, fortunately, there when the flash flooding happened. But their locker rooms were flooded, and equipment is pretty much lost. So no home games for them this year, they think. Uh, Friday's game against Columbia Academy has been canceled as the team's believe helping out in the community and helping out with some of the cleanup, which is really cool to see. Um, but Tyler, there's been a lot of support for Waverly uh, across middle Tennessee. I know you wrote a story about that yesterday. What's been going on with some of the, some of these other schools and teams that have been helping out uh, in the wake of this, this terrible flood. Um, yeah, there's just been a, a lot of outreach and obviously I think everybody knows there's more important things in football uh, when, when people are still missing and, you're talking about months and months of recovery, you know, emotional infrastructure, but those, uh, one of the first people it seemed to, to kind of publicly reach out was, um, Mount Juliet football, Trey, uh, coach Trey Perry. They had been through you know, a tornado, a, a natural disaster situation with the tornado where, um, you, you know, their schools were, you know, West Wilson was destroyed and, um, so he, they reached out really quick knowing that 
Waverly Central was going to, you know, need to play quickly. So just got them some basics. And I don't, I don't know if the two sides, as we're talking right now, if yet even connected, because that's really how hectic this moment was with, um, you're talking about not just the flood and, and sort of making sure, you know, where that your people are safe, but they lost uh, their servers. Emails weren't going through. I mean, communication was down. So this is all that's, there's a lot to figure out in a two day period that this happened, but yeah, uh, the, the outreach has been great. CPA and uh, Brentwood Academy were trying to make their game, the, the Titans game of the week with kind of the idea of taking the, the that $2,000 grant money that goes to the winner and donating it to Waverly central. And uh, they're just, they're going to need help. I mean, I, I believe that, Randall Bolden said that a lot of Waverly's equipment or enough of it can be saved to save the season or they have enough for a season. But that was after a couple of days of, of kind of taking inventory. I'd be surprised if, I mean, they're going to need some more equipment to keep going. When you talk about a, a whole field house being underwater and, and the possible contamination there. And um, sometimes when the water line, you know, that watermark, if that, up on anything sometimes that stuff is just it's it can't be it can't be used anymore it's just not safe so it's there's a lot to there's going to be a lot of help needed there and i, I think they've got a good start I, i'm people want to reach out they get the magnitude of, of what's happened so uh, kind of like a lot of disasters that's maybe the only silver lining at first is that people are definitely willing to help yeah it's definitely a volunteer st- state thing and you know of course we've had our fair share like you said recently of weather incidents so it everybody kind of understands and gets what's needed so that's it's good to see and and whenever i know they're trying to like you said tyler get some things organized and try to get a donation page opened up for for waverly so when we see that we will certainly share it on our main street preps twitter and facebook pages and try to get it out there to everybody Um, but yeah hopefully hopefully waverly can get back out there soon and um yeah it's just a a sad situation there but it, it has been neat to see everybody step up We are joined now by Oakland football coach Kevin Creasy. Kevin, how are you doing today? I know the internet is down there in Rutherford County Schools, so it's got to be a little hectic for you guys. It is. It's, uh, it's amazing how we got by without internet all these years ago. Uh, right now, we're having trouble checking emails or watching film or connecting on Zoom. So, hey, it's, uh, it's back like it was 20 years ago. And all that aside, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of buzz, though, around the school and around your team for this weekend's game at Madison Ridgeland Academy. It's going to be televised on ESPN2, uh, I believe, at 2 p.m. Central. What's the excitement level like around your program right now? Yeah, there are tons of excitement. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, we're real happy to be playing on ESPN2 and, uh, you know, kind of representing our area of the state, uh, going down and playing uh, back-to-back state champion in, in Madison Ridgeland Academy, knowing Knowing what a good run those guys have been on, and uh, it makes for a great matchup. But it, it's uh, not just cool for the fans; it, it's cool for our kids because uh, we're going to have to take an overnight trip. You know, going down on a couple charter buses, staying you know in a nice hotel, and uh, you know just kind of prepping and, and hopefully getting some of these guys ready for what they're going to do at the next level. Maybe go to college and get to experience that every weekend. So. Uh, it's pretty neat for those guys that, that are doing that. But then at the same time, there's a lot of people that, you know, high school is as far as they're going to go, and it's going to be uh, one of the biggest games uh, they'll play in. Hey, Kevin, this is Tyler. Um, 
I was curious, uh, how, how did the Madison Ridgeland game come about initially and, and how did it get on ESPN two exactly? Yeah, it's just, uh, one of those deals where we were having a whole lot of trouble finding games and, and, uh, we were calling people, uh, in, you know, Northern Mississippi, uh, had a few big schools down there that were looking for games and, and then we called some guys in Arkansas. And so I knew a couple guys down in, in Arkansas and Mississippi and they kind of gave me a phone number and, and connected me, uh, with MRA, uh, because they were having trouble finding games too. And so we just worked it out where we were going to play a home at home and, uh, you know, sign a two year contract. And, and we did that. And, and then, uh, ESPN has heard that, uh, we were, playing each other and and you know those guys they always are, are looking for good matchups early in the season uh you know especially when college football is not on yet so they're having an entire day they're uh devoting to high school football and uh they they were really uh intrigued by our matchup and, and so uh before you know it they moved our games to a to a saturday and, and so uh it's real it's real privilege to be playing on national tv you mentioned the ske- the scheduling difficulties there. I'm sure some of that is nobody wants to play a team that just went 15 and 0 and won a state title. But uh, was some of that also just being in a smaller region now? You're in a 16 region instead of an 18 one, so you, you had to go out and find some extra non-region games, right? Yeah, it was tough. You know, uh, we picked up one team and and then we lost three teams, uh, so we had to find more games. And, and then, like I said. Uh, everybody's talking about, you know, playing the state champs. Well, the state champs, they, they graduated last year. You know, this team that we have now, they're one and oh, we don't know what, what's in store for, for our team right now, but, uh, we do have a bunch of people back and, uh, you know, a lot of that, uh, is, uh, putting on a huge expectations on, on our guys. And, and as of right now, we, we've got a long way to go before we even talk playoffs, much less state championships, but, uh, we uh, opened up and had a good win last week, but uh, man, we were we were definitely rusty. Uh, certainly wasn't the same team from last year, so we got a ways to go. And uh, hopefully, this week we can at least get better. And, and you know, like I said, we we won't see Madison Ridgeland in the playoffs, but uh, hopefully, they can get us ready for the type of teams that we will see. Talking with Oakland coach Kevin Creasy, Kevin, you, you beat Hendersonville forty-two-seven. To, to open things last Friday, what did you learn about your team? Yeah, you know we've uh, we've got some holes, and uh, you know a couple of them are caused by graduation, but a couple more were caused by uh, some injuries. And so, uh, you know, we always have that next man up mentality. But uh, you know, it's one of those deals where you know, we've got some young, inexperienced guys on the field right now, and uh, against a team like Madison Richland Academy, it's uh, it, it's one of those deals where they could really exploit that, and uh, we've got to be got to be conscientious of it. We've got to be wary of it. Uh, and right now, like I said, we feel like in time our our team would be pretty good, but uh, we've got a lot of guys that just need game experience. They need reps, and and uh, they need full speed reps in games. And, and we need just to uh, play, you know, our season and, and try to keep people as healthy as possible, uh, so we can do stuff that we haven't been able to do in the last two scrimmages in the last game, and that's have the same starting lineup week in and week out. So I know it's part of football injuries and that sort of thing, but, uh, you know, right now we're just looking for consistency on getting the same 11 people to start every week. Yeah, and along those lines, Cade Hewitt made his Oakland debut at quarterback, and he was efficient, had over 100 passing yards and two total touchdowns. 
And if you want to read the full story on that, you can check that out right now on MainStreetPreps.com. Kevin, did, did you like what you saw from Cade in week one? And what do you think he still needs to improve as the season moves along? Yeah, I read the article too. I was uh, I was impressed by the article. That was a nice job you guys did of uh, writing the profile on Cade, and and it it kind of uh, nailed it. I talked about he's a good competitor, he's a good leader, and uh, right now he's still, you know, learning the the little nuances and small parts of the offense. Uh, he's done a heck of a job since he just uh, got here in April. But uh, you know, like I said, we like his stuff. They like his leadership, and, uh, you know, he's able to be a dual-threat kind of guy. He can run it or he can pass it. And, uh, you know, I think we, we only threw 10 passes the night, but we only had the ball 33 snaps. So uh, out of 33 snaps, I think he was uh, like 7 for 10 for like 105 yards. Uh, so, yeah, he's definitely uh, running our offense with him, and we just got to uh, keep adding to it every week. Kevin, you guys had nine tackles for loss against Hendersonville, and you know Daron Gaines, AJ Bullard, uh, Ethan McLaurin leading the way for you. There was was that was a dominant defensive front something that you were expecting to have this year, based on kind of what you knew was coming back and what you saw in in fall camp. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned B. Ron Gaines. Uh, I think he had twenty four tackles for loss last year. Um, Ethan McLaurin is being recruited by a lot of uh, schools to play at the next level. And, you know, Caleb Coles, our nose guard, who, you know, gets double teamed, triple teamed sometimes. Uh, but those two uh, do a really good job of cleaning up things, trying to get a hold of uh, our nose guard, uh, Caleb Cole. And then AJ, you know, he can he can cause havoc in the field or he can drop into coverage and he had a pick six. Uh, that, you know, helped us on the scoreboard get the running clock going. So uh, we're expecting big things out of A.J. Board this year. Kevin, we're several minutes into this interview, and we haven't even mentioned Jordan James, Isaiah Horton, and Antonio Patterson yet. How much of a luxury is it to have all three of those guys back after after what they did last season? Yeah, yeah. You know, a good one, two, three punch, you know, uh, definitely guys that you want to have the, the football in their hands uh, can take it to the house at the time. And then, uh, you know, two of the three, uh, Antonio and uh, Isaiah, are both playing defensive softball, too. So, uh, you know, we can't say enough good things about Isaiah and Antonio playing both sides, especially when it's as hot as it is outside. Uh, those two are, are uh, helping on both sides, of, you know, both sides of uh, offense and defense. And Jordan, you know, he's basically a return guy on special teams, so. Kevin, when you talk about Jordan James, um, committed to Georgia, uh, 145 total yards and three touchdowns last week. Compared to last year, how has he maybe changed in terms of explosiveness, his body, his vision, et cetera? Have you noticed any big differences? You know, a lot of it's the same. I do think he trimmed up a little bit. I think he's uh, dropped about 10 pounds, so he's gotten in better shape. Uh, but, yeah, he's, uh, he's still got that great vision, still got a great spin move. Uh, does a heck of a job, you know, running up the middle or outside. And, uh, you know, probably the one thing that he's gotten better at is, you know, just uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. He he uh, had a huge catch the other night, uh, has really good hands, and, and uh, that could just make things even harder on defenses when he starts to do that. And you mentioned that this year's team still has a long ways to go, that there's some rust to shake off and things like like that. 
what specifically does this year's team need to do to be able to, um, you know, follow up what you guys were able to do last year, going 15-0 and and winning that state title? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think first thing, everybody's got to kind of put last year behind us. You know, it's a new year. and It brings uh, new challenges and uh, new problems. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we, we've still got some holes to fill and uh, we've got competitions going on in several positions. So uh, I think we just need to, like I said, sure up our, our starting 11 on both sides of the ball and, I think, uh, you know, the rest kind of take care of itself. The last thing for me, Kevin, thanks again for, for joining us. Uh, th- there were 14 game cancellations yesterday, and um, of course you hate to see it, but, you, you know, you've been coaching your team through COVID for a year. What what has worked for you to keep disruptions to a minimum, and is there maybe anything you found that doesn't? You know, it's, you know, hard to control a virus. It's, uh, it's uh, hard to control no matter what work environment you're in, so um, – a lot of times it's just a matter of time. Uh, unfortunately, it's still going around. Uh, I think our freshmen had a game canceled for Thursday, tomorrow. And, uh, so their opponent has, has, uh, has got a bunch of kids quarantined. So, you know, it's working its way up to be at our varsity, uh, you know, level here pretty soon. Uh, hopefully not. And, uh, if you're able to dodge it, a lot of it is just luck. Uh, we try to do our best to, you know, always keep our hand sanitizers around and, you know, do our best to, set, you know, social distance, that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's going to be a huge problem, it looks like. And uh, I don't know if there's a if there's anything in sight uh, for it to slow down, but uh, hopefully so. We were lucky enough to get through last year, and our seniors deserve to play, you know, as many games as they could last year. And hopefully our seniors will uh, get a shot and uh, competing and, and uh, being able to play as many games as they can this year. Well, Kevin, we've got our fingers crossed that your team has a safe and healthy season. And thanks for working through a, with us through all these internet difficulties you guys are having down there in Rutherford County, and hopefully that gets resolved today. But we really appreciate you joining the show. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. So now let's talk about some of the big Week 2 football games. There are several it was kind of hard to choose where we wanted to go this week, Tyler, but I know to kick it off, you were going to Brentwood Academy CPA. How do you see that one going down? I think I feel most comfortable with CPA. We talk about Cade Law, you know, if you have a quarterback that's established and the guy, that's a pretty good feeling. And, and they're obviously, they kind of have what NBA has in terms of physicality and um, just you know, they're, they're the size of their guys, the the way they play. I mean, it's just they're kind of they're kind of on. I don't want to say cruise control, but kind of the way Summit Summit started the year, that CPA started the same way against uh, Independence. So I've got I've got CPA pulling out sort of a close one, thirty five twenty eight. But I, I feel pretty confident in that in that pick as 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 BA gets kind of established with its new quarterback and a couple, quite a few new guys. All right. Well, we have our first point of disagreement here on the show. I am going to pick Brentwood Academy. Let's go 28, 17 over CPA. That's probably too low scoring, but I think we learned last week comparing the apples and oranges is very difficult when you're talking about the public versus the private. And even with the different private schools on different levels, of course, CPA is the division two Double A Brentwood Academy Division Two Triple A. I'm not sure how much of a gap there is there as there was between um, Ravenwood and 
uh, NBA, but I don't know. Brentwood Academy, hard to pick against. Uh, I picked against CPA last week and regretted it, but I don't know. I, I'm just going to roll the dice here and take Brentwood Academy and hope that they uh, can pull it out. But I, I really think it could go either way, though. That's kind of a toss-up game. It, it really looks like a toss-up game on paper. It'll be that'll be an interesting one to watch. Yeah, should be should be a great game there. And while you are over at the Lions Den, I will be at Lipscomb Academy as they take on Independence. And Lipscomb Academy absolutely obliterated its Week One opponent, Greater Atlanta Christian School. They beat them seventy-six to seven, which that's one of those scores when you see it, you kind of just have to you have to do a double take and make sure you didn't misread something or if there was a typo but no 76 to 7 they had about 460 yards of total offense they first forced four turnovers i think they had two or three interception returns for touchdowns this might have been the craziest stat here luther richardson their quarterback uh, uncommitted at this point was a perfect 16 of 16 passing for 277 yards and three touchdowns and the list goes on and on of just their impressive stats from that game uh, meanwhile, CPA struggled, or excuse me, Independent struggled against CPA. We just talked about that, 48-21. They've got a really good team, but going up against these private schools with all the resources and the transfers and the everything else that they have, I think it's, it's tough sledding for them. So I'm going to Lipscomb Academy in a pretty easy one here, 45-14 over Independence. Oh, we're pretty close. I've, I've picked, I've got, I've got Lipscomb Academy 45-21 for basically every reason that you kind of just said. I, I think the early schedule is going to end up being good for independence. I think what you'll end up seeing is probably a pretty battle-tested group if, if they don't get too beat up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Lipscomb Academy, no reason to pick against them. Luther Richardson, that stat line is uh, – that's pretty insane to go 16-16. And I know that, you know, they were playing a Greater Atlanta Christian, which is from a smaller division in – in Georgia, but it's hard to go 16-16 in your front yard. So that's just really impressive to me. So I'm with you. I've got Lipscomb. And traditionally, I think that's been a strong program, too. It might be a little bit down this year, but um, Greater Atlanta Christian has produced um, a fair number of college football players over the years. So let's move on now to Pearl Cone at NBA. This is a matchup of two teams that we saw last week. Tyler, you were singing the praises of Marcel Reed a few minutes ago. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, I think it's going to be a lot like last week. I think I've got NBA 42-21, and no disrespect to a good Pearl Cone squad. Uh, there will be a lot of talent on the field to watch, but I just I don't see NBA, based on what they did last week, having a hiccup here uh, they, they seem really good and they're they're pretty focused and disciplined in everything they do I mean I, I don't even this is off the topic but I I'd have to go back and look at the penalty yards I wish I had that right in front of me maybe I could look it up real quick but I mean it was it was a very clean very well played game so it's just you're gonna have to go out and, and beat NBA they're just not gonna beat themselves 42 yeah, 21 NBA there we go I'm gonna go NBA 35 Pearl Cone 10 Pearl Cone Look, I, I was talking about them earlier. I think they're a really great team. They are going to probably roll through their schedule, but I don't think anybody else on their schedule compares to NBA. So that, this one could get a little bit out of hand, um, though I also would not be shocked if Pearl Cone hangs in there for a while because, like you said, they do have a lot of talented players. They've got, um, you know, I mentioned Malachi Cromwell. Barry on Brown is going to be back this week, so that should help. 
But one thing I'm concerned about, and Coach Tony Brunetti was concerned about it too, is their special teams. They they struggled with kicking and punting, and I imagine against a team like NBA, that's you know that could easily end up a blocked punt or a blocked kick or something could easily end up a touchdown on the other end, and all of a sudden things are kind of falling apart. So NBA 35 to 10, but wouldn't be surprised if Procone finds a way to hang in there, especially if they maybe shore up some of that special teams work this week. Sure, yeah, and I, I've got them pulled up here. Uh, four penalties for 33 yards for NBA in a season opener. You know, that's pretty good for any high school team. I think a lot of high schools come out and can really, just because of the, the experience level, can really struggle in the in the miscues area. So to come out and against a good team and commit just four penalties is pretty dang good. It sounds like for as good as NBA was, they were also just very disciplined and managed the game incredibly well, and that – makes a huge difference when you're talking about high school kids and there's it's not a mistake free product at all so we'll see how that one goes uh to wrap it up here we've got father ryan at brentwood um father ryan hand handled east nashville pretty easily 35 to 6 uh, meanwhile brentwood lost a heartbreaker late to blackman 38 35 in coach clint in coach clint finch's debut uh, a big bright spot for them, though, was running back Scott Collins. He rushed for 247 yards and four touchdowns on just 25 carries. So great start for him. I think this is another one that could go either way. I don't feel super confident about it. Brentwood, they don't lose many games, and you got to think after that loss, maybe they've got some of their opening day uh, jitters or just rust off. Um, but, man, Father Ryan rolling over East Nashville, that was an impressive win. So, I'm going to, in, in sticking with what we learned last week, that these Division II, uh AAA schools are a little bit ahead of maybe some of the public schools. I'm going to go with Father Ryan in a in a close one. Father Ryan 31, Brentwood 28. Tyler, are you anywhere in the ballpark on that, or do you do you have a, a different thought on that game? I had, a, I think that's a tough one to pick. Uh, I was very tempted to go Father Ryan, but I think I think Brentwood is going to. They're not going to start the year 0 and 2. I think playing a close game in the, in the first week and pay some dividends for teams. Uh, sometimes it's good to just feel that pressure early. Like you said, Scott Collins was really good, and I, I think they're going to have some things figured out. It's good to be able to come out in your season opener and be able to rush the football in terms of, you know, clock control and those things. I think it could go either way, but I've picked Brentwood 28-21. All right. Well, one of us will be right and one of us will be wrong about two, a couple of these games that we disagreed on. And I guess my process here is that I uh, stuck with the Division II AAA schools after doubting NBA last week, so maybe that's an overcorrection. But we shall see. Uh, Tyler, is there anything about anything else about Week Two that you're looking forward to, and any other thoughts that you have before we before we kind of wrap it up here? Uh, I think well, it's an interesting you know slate of games. I would say if we're going to talk about the Metro schools and kind of uh, where they're headed from here, how does Pearl Cone uh, do with, with kind of their guy back and, and Barry and Brown um, they're a different, I know they won last week, but you know, it's good to get your guy back, your, your star receiver back and get him back into the mix. And kind of on that same note, I don't think we mentioned earlier that Ravenwood was missing miles Pollard, who's really going to factor into their offense. So, you know, getting him back, um, getting some guys back and getting them back in the mix. Uh, you know, believe even Cade Law at CPA was in a uh, 
a, a, a kind of limited action based as he kind of works back to full health. So we are sort of in that time of year too, where some guys that maybe aren't starting the year fully healthy or, you know, whatever coming off a suspension in Brown's case, um, you know, teams are starting to get whole too. So uh, maybe, maybe just get the guys that as they get back to full health and teams get back to full strength, that's always something worth watching. And I'm sure as some teams get back to full strength, we'll probably have some injuries somewhere else and that'll throw a whole nother wrench in all this. But we'll be, we'll be here to break it down on the Main Street Preps podcast, and you can find the rest of our picks for the top 10 games in the Mid-State. We're going to have those posted later this week. I'll have my column up likely Wednesday evening, and we will have our staff-wide predictions available on Thursday at MainStreetPreps.com. And thanks, thanks again for everybody that has followed our coverage so far this season. We've got a lot more coming your way on the website, so be sure to follow us at Main Street Preps, uh, Like us on Facebook. Main Street Preps there as well. And with that, we are going to wrap up today's show. So we will see you back next week. Uh, And thanks again for joining us. You've been listening to the Main Street Preps podcast, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee with your hosts, Russell Venozzi and Tyler Palmatier. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.